How do we communicate? What is our style of communication? Are we an oversharer or do we actually have a hard time sharing our truth? Is there something like oversharing? What is nonviolent communication? And how to build meaningful and deep relationships? These are some of the topics that I'm discussing today with my guest on the podcast, Nana Martins. She is an amazing soul, a beautiful friend, and a real expert and curious soul in the subject of communication and relationships. Nana is based in Portugal, in beautiful Lisbon, and she works as an intentional coach for conscious communication and creating deeper relationships. She helps people overcome the blockages around communication. And in this episode, we talk about nonviolent communications. What are ways that we can actually share our truth without this being scary, awkward, or weird? Me and Nana, we know each other for a couple of years now, and we've spent much more time online talking to each other than physically together. We got to know each other because I was applying for a job at a company she was working back then. And somehow throughout life, our journeys were unfolding in a very similar way. Uh, we were both very interested in communication, in community building, uh, in spirituality a lot. And it's really nice to see how, yeah, we're walking the same path. We're learning similar lessons. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to bring her here and have this interview. We were having our talk on a Zoom, just per usual for us. She was in Italy uh, on a vacation. So if you hear any breaks or microphone weird sounds, that's because we were on Zoom. I really hope that this won't interrupt your experience of the podcast. And without further ado, I would say let's just dive into the podcast with Nana, all about communication and conscious relationships. Hello, my dear. I am so, so happy to have you here on the podcast and to be having this conversation with you. I've been missing seeing your face. I've also missed uh, miss talking to you. So maybe as a start, you can introduce me to where you are currently. Um, and yeah, we're going to start from there. <laughs> Hello. I'm really, really excited to be here with you. Um, I am in Sicily in Italy, just enjoying some time here, um, away from the chaos of my Lisbon life. Mm. Totally deserve this. <laughs> I always like to, to start the podcast with um, asking how your, mor your morning started. So mm. what was your morning today in Italy? Oh my, very slow. Um, I'm here in this tiny little town called Ortegia, I believe is the name. Okay. Um, it's an island within the island of Sicily and uh, started very slow and went to the main square, had a coffee and spinach thing, which apparently I did it all wrong because Italians don't do the kind of coffee that I did, which is Americano, obviously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they don't eat salty things in the morning. So I did it all wrong. <laughs> How was that morning different than your more or less like everyday life back in Portugal? Mm. I'll say my, my normal life, more normal mornings have two types. One is when I work. Uh, so like during the week, it's, it's a bit rushed, to be honest. Like I snooze a lot. I'm not proud of that, but I tend to snooze a lot and prolong my time in bed. And then 
get ready, dress, take the bus or the metro to mm. go to co-work space where I manage. Uh, but then when the weekend comes, it's completely opposite. It's, it's slow, it's no rush. I may read a book. I may do some breath work. I may do some meditation. I may do a little dance mm. um, and then have the coffee on the sunny, ba sunny balcony in my apartment. Mm. Uh, and then sometimes not do anything like zero plans. That's, that's usually my ideal morning. I love the flexibility. Is there one thing you always does or is it more of a getting in tune of, mm, do I feel like dancing? Do I feel more slow and just laying in bed? I try to do the latter one, like not think at all what I'm going to do mm. and just, just like really do check in with myself every single time, like every minute. It's like, what am I feeling right now? Do I feel like reading a book? Am I going to feel good in an hour, uh, an hour from now, knowing that I read a book instead of going out to the park with my friends, you know, like, because yeah. I do, unfortunately, I do suffer of FOMO uh quite a lot i have oh, not many <laughs> i'm surprised to learn that not many people actually not many people i don't know maybe but like some people don't suffer fomo and i'm like how do you do that teach me i don't know i would like to be the person on this podcast to tell me but i don't have the answers <laughs> it's it, it blows my mind because like how is it that you can be perfectly content hmm. with the choice that you just made and not you know imagine what it would have been like to have done something else mm. uh, to be honest i think the only moment where i didn't have fomo was exactly at the start of the pandemic in 2020 when mm -hmm. the whole world had stopped and nothing was happening anyway and i was like oh my god it feels so light to not make plans and to not think about what i'm gonna do in one week because there's nothing that i can do outside of home anyway yeah oh that was so liberating <laughs> i can't i can't tell you how amazing that feeling was for me as well where were you exactly when the pandemic dropped lisbon lisbon yeah 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 living uh in a house with four amazing people uh, and uh, yeah it was actually the first lockdown i can't complain it was um it felt like it was much needed mm. uh, again to like everything life was so chaotic was so fast and go 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 and i a lot of the work that i do with the coaching as well as the co-work space that i do is for others yeah you know it's constantly thinking like how can i make other people's day better and brighter and and easier mm. uh and so to be to stop that and just think about myself and literally being inside, not only inside the house, but inside my own body and my own mind and mm. my soul was very refreshing and needed. Yeah, it sounds beautiful. I mm. think, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but was this the moment where you actually stepped more into coaching and you did the first steps into, um, into doing that? Was it 2020? Yeah. yeah. Um, it had, uh, the seed was planted just a little bit before. Mm. And then with the lockdown, it was when I actually decided to like uh, put in into action a little more, but still not so much putting myself out there. I mm -hmm. still felt a lot of resistance and fear yeah. into like letting other people know that I was doing this coaching thing because I mean, one, there's the imposter syndrome, and I know that you talked about that on your podcast. Yeah. And it was just a lot of like, I mean, who do I think I am uh, to, to tell, to guide people 
mm. through their problems. Like, what kind of problems have I had that would help people, you know, like, or um, it was like, I didn't study. I didn't get a certificate for this. Um, I'm too young for this, you know, like, mm. there's so many other people already doing this. So yeah. there's a lot of that. So I decided to do things my way, which is one tiny step at a time. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, and a little bit on the down low to kind of like learn as I go mm. and share as I learn. And so I started, um, so yeah, so what first what happened was, well, okay, so when lockdown hit, I had planned or oh, had been hired to uh, guide a group of 30 people in Southeast Asia. Mm. Mm. Um, for this company called Uprise Academy. So it's going to be a three month program uh, in which they're going to kind of like transform their lives uh, in three months, each month in, the, in different countries and going through a process and like taking their life. You know, am I going to be, have my own business from this or am I going to be a freelancer? And my role was going to be kind of like a coach, a guide for them, like yeah. making sure that they had everything they needed, making sure that I'm asking the right questions to make them feel mm. uh, aligned, you know, like checking in with them. Is everything okay? How can we help? Uh, so then I was going to go into April 2020. Obviously that didn't happen. Um, so then they started doing these workshops online. So they invited me to do a workshop about self-coaching. Mm. Basically how to coach yourself in times of transition. Um, and so I took on that challenge. Again, there's the imposter syndrome, like, but what do I know about this? <laughs> but, you know, it turned out that everything that I had learned to help me was very helpful for other people. So I was like, yeah. okay, there's something here. Yeah. Um, and, and from that workshop, you know, there's 50 people attended to that. And so I stayed connected with those people. And when I decided to finally um offer one-on-one -on -one sessions i reached out to those people so that was my first yeah. step putting myself out there and i reached out to them and like listen i you know you you attended my workshop you had shared some um positive feedback about it so i wanted to offer you um a free session because mm. uh, that will help both of us i believe i can help you sharing what i know and you will help me feeling a little more confident yeah. in what i do and and that's basically how i started uh beautiful i can resonate with so much of that and it's interesting that i've been following you throughout this journey maybe from the distance so to say but um first i can resonate so much with the imposter syndrome before starting your own thing or something that you've been dreaming about or you felt like ah maybe this this is something that i want to pursue or, or at least try and then fear and self-sabotage and so many things come in the way um mm -hmm. and it's beautiful to see how much people grow on this journey it's not mm -hmm. only you developing an, an idea it's you developing you <laughs> in order to uh to create this idea and i remember so maybe a, a bit of a backstory on how we know each other um i don't even know what the year was i was back in berlin and we connected Oh my God, how did, did you reach out? Did, did I apply for a job? I don't know. You what did. I, yeah, yeah, you okay. Did. So I applied yeah. for a job apparently. And I, it was at a place called Surf Something. I don't even remember Surf the company. Office. Surf Office, okay. It just resonated, the word resonated so much with me. And this is the thing about me. I never apply for 
positions. I believe I just cold emailed you and I was like, hey, this is me and I would love, like I, I can do this and that. I think it was around community building back then. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't even know that the company is based in Portugal. They were doing these retreats. Were they? I don't even remember so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it was basically we're doing meetups uh -huh. um, okay. yeah, and it was focused on company culture. And we did one in Berlin and it was very successful. And yeah. so then we decided to like, oh, maybe we're onto something here. How about we do a bunch of these meetups in different uh, specific cities? I see that uh, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in order to expand that, let's like, you know, find people in the yes. cities to help us organize those events. So we put out an ad for people in these satellite cities to help us build a community to do the events there um and so yeah you reached out then. okay cool so I, I had applied for a job wow <laughs> yeah, <you're... laughs> the, the beautiful thing in this is that once i met uh nana it was i don't know if you know this feeling but it's like you're meeting a soulmate somewhere else on the world that are walking pretty much the same path and they're learning pretty much the same lessons and they have pretty much the same personality as you. Of course, we are very different in some way, but our life paths are, I believe, very similar. And um, there's been a couple of years after this kind of like surf camp thing um, that we just stayed in touch and still we were developing in the same way. And I think it was 2020 also when I started Authentic Life Design. Um, mm -hmm. And I also uh, contacted with you and you were also going the coaching direction. But I remember one thing and I found it really cool was that exactly when the pandemic happened, I saw a post of you in Instagram and you said, hey, I know we're all going through hard times. And if you need um, someone to talk to, just reach out and I'm happy to listen. And I was like, ah, this was so beautiful and so needed in this moment. Um, and yeah, ever since um, we've been growing together, I would say. And why, like the biggest reason for me to bring you here was to talk about conscious communication and really creating deep and meaningful relationships because I do believe you're uh, the specialist in that, um, which you're being, not even so much like um, this kind of a certificated person. It's who you are. It's what kind of uh, relationships and just, yeah, synergies you're creating around you. Mm. So maybe, yeah, tell me about your journey even before the coaching. Like how, let's say, how would you paint your wayfinding throughout the years before... Mm before you ended up where you are now? Mm. Um, well, first of all, uh, uh, thank you for saying that, uh, you know, you use the word specialist and I already found like a resistance again because of the like, <laughs> but, but I'm not, you know, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just yeah. doing it. Um, but then you said, because that's who you are and that's exactly, um, that's exactly how, how, I got to where I am and I, it's even difficult for me to talk about like um, how I got here because it just felt so organic. Mm. Um, and I was even talking to my friend yesterday because I was just like, you know, what was it like when we met, you know, like what was my communication uh, style and- You always uh, ask that. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's weird, you know, I'm all about, you know, being aware and conscious of, um, and intentional about everything we do and say, mm -hmm. but when I'm 
doing this that I'm so passionate about, it's almost like I don't even realize what I'm doing. It's just coming through. Happening. Mm -hmm. It's just happening. My interest in uh, communication, uh, I, th I think if I want to track back and really be analytical about it, it started about six years ago when I was questioning the status quo about relationships. And it was basically, and I was hearing a story of a friend who got cheated on. And, and I was thinking about the concept of cheating, of betrayal. And I was just like, okay, why is it that it's so common that when we are in relationships, more often than not, there's some sort of cheating. You know, uh, not in all relationships, but if you date, you know, multiple times in your lifetime, more often than not, you're either going to cheat or be cheated on. Um, and so I was just like, why is it about humans that makes us uh, cheat? You know, is, and one th theory that I was just thinking about is like, okay, well, maybe we, uh, maybe we want to be with more than one person at the same time. And then it's like, okay, so what do we do with this want? If this is true, what do we do with this want? Okay, what if we can be in a relationship that it's okay to want to be with someone else? Mm. And, you know, I was just like thinking about this, not knowing that non-monogamy was a thing. <laughs> you know, just like there in my room, just like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if there's such a thing of like being able to date multiple people or at least wanting to date other people and be able to communicate freely with your partner mm. that you want that. Uh, and again, you don't necessarily need to act on it, but how cool and freeing it would be to just be able to communicate that and be met with no judgment and be met with curiosity mm. instead of defensiveness, Yeah. right? And so I started questioning that. I was just like, okay, if me, Nana, if, I feel like monogamy is not for me and I would like to explore these other types of relationships. What is the first thing that I need to work on? And I decided that communication is mm. a big thing, right? Um, and so I was like, okay, it sounds to me that you need to be extra with your communication if mm. uh, you want to be in this sort of dynamic. And so then my path started like, trying to understand so first of all like we need to be open and honest at all times that's what i kept saying like at all times even when it's awkward especially when it's awkward mm. it's <laughs> open and honest communication at all times even when it's awkward especially if it's awkward and so that would that would mean in my relationships and like i said including friendships family work would be whenever i'm feeling this not in my stomach or sometimes in my chest or sometimes in my throat, I would check in with myself uh, and trying to understand, try to name it, mm. what this not is, right? And, and then I would notice that my first uh, reaction would be to not say anything, mm. right? Yeah. But then I was just like, no, no, no open and honest communication, especially when it's awkward, this is going to be really awkward and that's okay, you know? Um, and that is something that I found quite common in human behavior, mm. both personal, both in my coaching, is how afraid we are of awkwardness. Mm. 
Yeah. And no, and because we're so afraid of that five seconds of awkwardness, we end up not speaking up. Mm. Oh my God. Feelings. It's, <laughs> it's so interesting what you're saying because like, yes, I resonate a lot and it sounds really good in words, but then I'm like, cool, but next time a moment like this happens. And yes, we all know this knot you have in your stomach or this thing that makes you anxious. I can say that lately I've seen how this thing, if I don't share it, it's going into huge overthinking in a direction that it's really not the, the right one, but it's uh, gathering all of my fears, all of my insecurities. However, like sharing this and also speaking about it, as you're saying, you, you don't want to, um, make an awkward situation but for me it's much more the reaction from the other side and i'm like i don't know if it's going to be awkward but how are people going to react on that am i sharing too much is this um yeah is this too much maybe that's often um what i think and then at the same time from my personal experience i know how good it is mm -hmm. to and how relieving it is to actually share that and have these conversations mm -hmm. And yeah, how is this going into practice <laughs> for you? No, this is, this is great. Um, and, and that's, that's the thing too, like that I started discovering, like about this uh, motto that I was following, open and honest communication at all times, even when it's awkward, especially when it's awkward. Later I started adapting because, you know, there are times where it might be a bit too much um there are times where it may not be useful there are times that like maybe it's not the right time you know it is your truth and it should be communicated but maybe it's not the right time right mm. so and that's when i start like fine-tuning uh conscious communication it's inspired by buddha's uh, noble eightfold path mm -hmm. um which you know says like uh, whenever you ask yourself if you feel compelled to speak something ask yourself these four questions is it true is it useful is it kind or and is it the right time wow yeah and yeah that's where i am in the process now like mm. when trying to figure out when to when to speak up you're enjoying the podcast episode with Nana so far and this is a commercial break I absolutely invented for myself just to open a bit of a space to tell you my weekly recommendations let's say or any books YouTube channels ouchie <laughs> movies that is inspiring me right now while you're listening to that I recommend you do a couple of stretches maybe a little dance and then we'll transition into the second part of the interview so my recommendations for this week would be, first of all, the book How to Do the Work by Dr. Nicole Lepera. She's the person who stands behind the Instagram account, The Holistic Psychologist. And first of all, the account is amazing and gives so much knowledge and understanding behind psychology and our behavior because she's a CBT uh, therapist. So that's a cognitive behavior therapist. And in the book, she's speaking about holistic psychology and different ways of self-healing and how you can embark on the journey of healing yourself. The other thing that I would completely recommend also is a YouTube channel called The School of Life. I've been following The School of Life 
for something like six or seven years now and they have these kind of a short videos on different again psychological topics which are very funnily and sometimes also very easily explained they are cute to watch they're very short and still you always get an insight after you watch them so that's my second recommendation and the third one would be the office I might be the last person on this earth who is now watching The Office for the first time and it's a love-hate relationship I would say but I'm finding so many funny and also cool things about it so if you haven't watched The Office give it a try and stick up to like maybe the third season I promise after the third season everything gets better and with that said <laughs> let's get back into the interview with Nana Basically, I was just questioning, just like, I'm nothing against monogamy, not at all. And I, I was just questioning the fact that we're only presented one type of relationship throughout mm. our life, you know, through movies, through books, through our parents' relationships, you know? Well, but then, so then I was questioning, like, what if there are many other ways of doing things? And so then I entered the communication. And once I entered the communication, I was just like, wow, this is fascinating stuff. Mm. And wow, we've been doing so much so wrong. <laughs> yeah. And, and then through that, I start, you know, learning more about emotional literacy or emotional intelligence. Mm. Yeah, that was actually something I wanted to touch upon because I believe in order for you to be able to communicate, to have this open communication, um, and also having a moment to ask yourself these four questions that you're sharing, it comes to first self-awareness, understanding yourself, understanding how you're feeling. So not just blabbing something out to be like, uh, I don't know, we're blaming or directly being affected, but more of, okay, let's see how this feels. Let's see where it feels like that. Let's see, mm -hmm. am I like, is it true? Okay. Is it this emotion or is it that emotion so it comes a lot like in i think emotional intelligence is a huge part of that self-awareness is a huge part of that and also being able to um understand yourself your emotional world and then putting it out in order for it to be communicated with someone because i believe if you can't do the first steps then the bridge is going to be broken like you don't exactly know what you're delivering which is of course like it doesn't mean it has to be perfect in order to be shared but still it needs to be understood <laughs> and really felt and checked within yourself. Is it true? And then shared, I believe. I don't know. Is it true? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. And yeah, that's exactly the, the path. It's first, it's, is questioning. First get curious. Mm. And curiosity for me is just a beautiful word and way of living. Mm. And so, you know, um, get curious you know what are, first of all what are these emotions or why is it that I have this not is it is it because a boundary of mine got overstepped you know a need wasn't met mm. um it, if it is that what is that need mm. if what is that boundary like did I even know I had that boundary and often we don't know the boundaries we have until it gets stepped on absolutely or overlooked yeah or not seen or not heard right that's usually how we discover our boundaries mm. um, and our boundary boundaries and our needs are also very connected to our values mm. um, so that's why like you know in my coaching sessions and i think most uh, 
coaching sessions, we often start with discovering our values mm. um, because it's, it's almost everything that we do, all of the decisions that we make are based on our values, yeah. right? Uh, so for me, curiosity is a big one mm. uh, and freedom is another big one. Yeah. What's for you? Um, wow. I had an automatic response. Like I, I have the answer ready, <laughs> so I'm not sure if I've updated it, <laughs> but uh, honesty and authenticity for sure. The first mm -hmm. thing, um, I think that's also one that we share in one way or another, mm -hmm. uh, freedom also. Mm. Mm creativity am i saying yours am i stealing yours right now <laughs> <laughs> very much aligned <laughs> community yeah so it's mm. it's true it's true that we base all our decisions our visions if you want for the future i remember for example freedom was a key value for me when i was uh, focusing on my work how do i want to work and mm -hmm also how I want to share myself, being honest. Mm -hmm. And this is one thing I actually want to come back to because it's one thing to be speaking about these topics. But as I said, when you put it into practice, oftentimes I have the question, is the person from the other side ready to hear that? Is the person from the other side also having this emotional intelligence to understand me and hold space for me mm -hmm. the way I'm trying to do that? Um, so can you prepare people for these conversations and is there something like oversharing? What do you, what do you think? Mm. That's, that's a good one. And can be quite frustrating when you feel like when you finally took the step to speak up, uh, to speak your truth, right. Mm. Which we have just talked about, like it does take many steps. One is you are aware of it. Then you decide a word for it. Then you decide why is it that it bothers you so much? Mm. And then the mm. step of putting it out there and expressing that to me is the hardest one. And that's why I do what I do and help people like, yeah, take that step, right. Step to speak up. Okay. You're ready. You have your words, you know, the why, you're upset and now it's time to put it out there and, and tell the person. And that is the most difficult step in my opinion. And mm. that's why I do what I do to help people overcome that step and with confidence and with uh, the, the, um, the knowledge and the understanding that's like, this is my truth, you know? Mm. Um, and I think that, for example, is an important thing is like communicating from this point of like, this is my truth. This is how I feel. Yeah. Instead of being, instead of, you know, and being careful to not expect that person to feel the same way or to have noticed that they did mm -hmm. something wrong. Um, because otherwise we're just coming from assumption. Mm, yeah. Right. Oh, that's a good, and, yeah. Yeah. And assumption is the enemy of curiosity. Mm. Yeah. And remember the whole point here is to get curious, be curious, be curious about your emotions, but also be curious about uh, the other person's emotions and how they're feeling. Um, and so then, so then when it comes to the time to express it, one thing that I find important is to eliminate the assumptions and the expectations and how they feel and just focus on yourself. Mm. And so there's a, there's a tool, uh, I call it a tool, but uh, there's a technique called nonviolent communication. 
that I find it very useful in situations like this, um, in, in which nonviolent communication, it's such a big, strong word, nonviolent communication, right? But basically what it is, it's like, how can you speak from a place that comes from not defensiveness, but just from understanding your feelings and not being attacking towards someone else's actions. Yeah. So in nonviolent communication, there's uh, four steps. Is, uh, well, first of all, you talk about I, and it's about you, it's me, it's never you. You know, normally when we're upset at somebody, we start by saying like, well, you are always lazy. Mm. You never call me after you're done with work. Yeah, you do this and that. You do that, or you, and especially if you do always or never, oof, forget about it. You are sure to get the other person defensive. Mm. Because, and then you're giving them a tool to use against you right away because it's like, not always, remember that one time, or remember when I did this, you're only noticing yeah, the times course. that I do it, you know? So then it's already a lost battle. Mm. But to begin with, how can we look at this? as not a battle and more a, you know, same level conversation mm. in which we try to find the root of the problem and find a solution together. Yeah. Um, so it's starting so just, with an I, like not, I'm trying to summarize it for myself. I'm even making notes. Yeah. <laughs> no. it's, not, it's not you, it's not blaming, it's not putting um your focus on the other person it's how you yeah. feel i feel that i want to speak that um, yeah. not using always and never and mm. trying to have a same level conversation and yeah well those are just like kind of the premise of nonviolent communication but then like to be more specific there's four um kind of like uh layers four chapters to how you communicate something so first you communicate what you observed. So you can say, well, when you don't call me after work, mm. and now after you're done with work, for example, let's use that example. Um, that, so that's the first one, you say what you observed. Then the second part is, how does that make you feel? Yeah. So when you don't call me after work, when you said that you would, for example, that makes me feel uh, rejected or that makes me feel um, betrayed. Mm -hmm. So then comes the third one, which is because, and the because is usually connected to a need that wasn't met. Yeah. So that's also very important to know, to name that need. And you can even, you know, Google a list of needs, <laughs> list of emotional needs. If you, you know, if you're having a hard time finding the right word to express, there, there are lists for that. And I highly recommend uh, Brene Brown as yes. someone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know you love her too. Yeah. So I highly recommend uh, Brene Brown. She's got tons of PDFs about this uh, stuff related to that. And I'm going to share with you, Vera, like a list that she has of gloss uh, glossary. Is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. but anyway, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, glossary of of words 
emotional words that you can use for, for, oh, well. for things. Yeah. Okay. So then, so then you tap into your need and you know, it's like, because I need to, um, I don't, I, do, I need to be acknowledged, uh, uh, by you, or I need to be remembered, uh, by you. I don't know. Like, you know, yeah, I need to feel idea. seen. I need to, to know that you mm -hmm. care about me and that you're thinking about me or whatever. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And in this case specifically, you know, you can even talk about like in, you know, getting a call for someone it's a gesture it, and, mm. and I, I like the gestures and I like words that's how I know I am seen and heard right yeah so you can yeah. go even deeper and trying to understand where that need comes from mm. and then the fourth and last step is coming up with a request because remember we're here to work on this together mm. and it's not me telling you what to do from this you know or putting the rule into this it's like mm. come up with a request it's like it could be as as easy as like are you open to talk about this or would you be willing to um maybe we can come up with a compromise maybe, you know maybe you want to tell me that calling every day after work is not natural to you so let's come up with a compromise together that works for both of us and meet both of our needs i think it's also um how should I say it? Just sharing some kind of a solution to, to how you feel, because oftentimes we're so focused on the problem or the challenge and this is happening. And um, I think it's always good when you're giving this kind of feedback, even if you want to call it and just sharing yourself, being also creative or showing, okay, there are ways around it. Maybe we can do that. Maybe we can try to, yeah, just request some kind of a um, finding out together what is the right way to, to tackle that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm curious, Vera, actually, you mentioned some of your values mm -hmm. uh, earlier. Um, can you think of a situation recently, maybe just, you know, in the past year or so in which uh, you felt upset, you feel sad, you felt angry towards mm -hmm. someone or towards a situation? Mm -hmm. uh, should I? Um, okay, so I'm thinking of a situation right now in my head. Okay, think about the situation. And if you feel free, safe to share. Okay, tell, tell me about the situation. So let's see, my brain is going into different directions. I need to pick one. Mm. When was I sad lately? I remember one thing, but it was more of a personal thing, maybe let's Maybe see okay no i'm gonna share mm, i have one it's not a particular um situation but i've realized how in terms like in in the term of let's say a couple of weeks i wasn't speaking my needs clearly in my relationship mm -hmm. and i was getting really frustrated at my partner because he wasn't acting upon my needs that i didn't share <laughs> ah. so it was this kind of a loop of um me being sad that he's not doing what i need or yeah, just acting the way I, I need it in very small things even. Um, and I realized back then that it was because I was, wasn't sharing my needs and I was, I, it's all I wasn't communicating them uh, with the premise of I don't want to hurt him. So that was... Ooh, that's a big one. It was that's interesting a... because once I... So I was very... I am very reflected, I believe, and very self-aware. So I knew what's happening within me. I knew I'm not speaking my needs, but 
but I also was very aware of my fear. So it was like, he's not going to understand that. He's probably going to think this and this and that, and also this one thing. <laughs> and I was deciding to ignore that. And I was thinking that with time, it's going to disappear, which is mm. like as a coach, <laughs> running away of your problems is the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, once I put things on the table, it was so like, it was a completely different reaction. It was, um, I saw that there are a lot of things that he's also mindful of. And it's just interesting how you paint a scenario that in the end of the day is not right. Just because you, as I said before, you're overthinking so much, actually out of love. This is also one thing. I, I wasn't doing that because I love him and I don't want to hurt him. So it's kind of a trying to, I don't know, take care of this person. But if you're mm -hmm. not first taking care of yourself, there is no way that you can really do that. Amen, sister. And that's actually a quite common reason why we don't communicate things. Mm. It's, it's, it comes from a love place. It's because we are afraid that whatever we say, it's going to hurt that person. Yeah. Um, right? And what I have found in my practice and in my personal practice and in my coaching is that um, often what we discover is that when we finally do communicate that, um, if the person is ready and it's open, it's right there to meet you and, and, and work with you, something incredibly beautiful that you could not have expected is probably going to happen. And you're going to discover that they're probably more open than you even realized they were, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, they may get hurt in that moment. Mm -hmm. They may take it personally. They may uh, be defensive about it. They may, you know, track back and be like, Oh my God, I've been doing it wrong this whole time. You know, like, mm. but, um, by communicating that this is another like bonus from all of this is by communicating that with them, you're giving them the chance to do a reflection as well. Mm. True. Yeah. And then give them the chance to grow in, in that scenario mm, yeah right and then and if they're willing then you guys get together and you work as a team on that whatever it is mm. that was bothering you yeah and now you're giving them the chance to understand you better absolutely and, that's a, right? that's a big one that's a really big one and i think also one very important thing that i didn't know for a very long time is um so i'm an oversharer let's say I would <laughs> describe myself like that. I love sharing. I am really easily um, to share, to speak, to, yeah, just connect with anyone. Um, also speak about my emotional world. And sometimes there is right moment for that. And I think last year, this is a huge lesson that I learned was to, so here's a funny story, actually. I went to a therapist and it was the first like warm-up session and um, I have no idea what I was doing there. I actually wanted to re reflect more on my life, but she was asking me questions about myself and I, very self-aware, was like, oh, I am so cool and I'm like so sharing and I know what's happening within me and I'm sharing it easily with others. And like every time, like I was giving also examples and situations and at some point she was like, started laughing and she was like, do you know that you have an emotional diarrhea? And I was like, <laughs> Like, what did she say? And apparently, and this was so eye-opening for me back then. Like, she 
she was like, it's great that you're sharing. Like there are different types of people in the world and depending on like your childhood and how you uh, grew up, either you've learned to share or you've learned to not say a word because it's very scary. So it's amazing that you had the safe like atmosphere to, to share, to be connected with your emotions, but you don't need to like go around and put it to, <laughs> to other people at any time. Like there are moments that you can just take it in and maybe wait a couple of days and then wait for the, not the perfect moment. I don't believe in a perfect moment, but still an appropriate moment, I guess. I wasn't mm -hmm. waiting for an appropriate moment and I was very proud of myself being so, I don't know, able to share. So um, to go back like full circle to, to why I shared this, I think um, in moments like that, it really helps when we are showing up with this total honesty um, to also meet in the right place, maybe even prepare someone, hey, I would love to talk to you in a more like, maybe not right now because we are around people or maybe um, I see you're very busy with work, but once you have the headspace, I would love to have a conversation. And mm -hmm. this is a lesson I'm incorporating within myself this year, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it was a That's really beautiful. big one. That's beautiful. And this is something also that I like to share and you, it tapped, you tapped into it so beautifully, which is the prepping the person about a big communication that's about to come. So it's communicating about communication, mm, <laughs> basically. Mm, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and I find that um, that's very helpful um, because again, you then allow the person to meet you in the frequency that you are at. Mm. Um, because you know, for you, you probably have been thinking about it. You have been feeling it, trying to figure out what the time is. While the person, no, you know, like they're in no own world. You have to remember, we each live in our own world, yes. and so, <laughs> and so, by prepping it, it allows them to to be like, oh, okay, uh, and you can even you know they can even be like oh is it okay if we do this tomorrow and and by right then and there perfect you found your time you know you're trying to figure out what's the perfect time there you go just by prepping that you found the time together the perfect time together mm, yeah. um and i found that also useful for you know myself when i want to say something when i have when i want to have a difficult conversation um because like I said, for me and for many people I've discovered that step is the most difficult. So even by saying a word, sometimes if I having a hard time saying something, I just go, uh, hey. <laughs> and once you say, hey, there's no going back. You know, now they're looking at you. <laughs> so now you go, you know, so sometimes I just tell myself, just say, hey, just say, hey, just say, hey. <laughs> and then once you say, hey, and it's like, hey, I have something. Uh, that I would like to talk to you about. Is this a good time? Or yeah. Yeah. Uh, when will be a good time for you? That's a good one. I also believe that as a, because we're speaking a lot um, from the perspective of, of the sharer right now, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but I believe as a receiver, so let's say that something like this happened to you. Um, I learned that one of the most important things in this moment is to not take things personally, to not directly mm. feel offended or that someone is just throwing things at you. Because in the end of the day, this person is sharing they, their perception, like their 
emotion that happened, how they understood you. I also really like what you said, like um, from the nonviolent communication, this understanding of when you did this, I understood that. Because probably it didn't meant, it, it wasn't meant to, to be communicated in this way, but sometimes we interpret things in our own way. Um, so I believe that it's always important to remember, okay, not take things directly personally, but really try to put the attention on the other person, understand, and then take the information that it's needed. Mm -hmm. that's, that's huge. The not taking personally applies so much to, to communication and therefore to relationships. Mm. I think that's really huge. And that reminded me also of another technique. I learned that with Brene Brown, I believe. Um, and I don't know what's the official name that she uses, but I call it the, the story in my head. Um, have you heard of that one? I am not sure. I don't know. Yeah. It's very simple and it's related to what you just said. Like we interpreted the world based on our own experiences and based on what we observe. Right. Um, and when we observe something, uh, how many times, you know, like two people are observing and experiencing the same thing and then realize that we experience that differently mm, and that, yeah yeah you know that and that's based on our life experiences based on so much you know from the moment we were born we had completely different lives we were told different lessons and so we experience things based on on our own experience basically um and so the story in my head is, is a good way to just like communicate something that's going on in your head. Mm. Um, and so a, an easy and simple example uh, that I like to use is, you know, I, I live in the house with four people and that in itself has been a beautiful uh, learning ground for communication for me and how to co-live in community um, mm. in a way that it's respectful, right? And the, uh, you know, like a silly things would be one day, woke up in the morning, go to the kitchen to make coffee, say good morning to my roommate. And he doesn't say good morning back. My mind immediately goes like, oh my God, he's mad at me. So he's mad at me. That must be because of that thing that I did two days ago. And it must be, you know, he didn't say anything, but I bet I did it wrong and it upset him. He must be mad at me. Mm -hmm. And then I go all day thinking that my roommate is mad at me. Yeah. And if you don't put it out there, it's just going to build up. And then the next day, something else is going to happen. And, you know, the resentment is going to increase between each other. But in my mind, I'm thinking the, res the resentment is mutual, but what would happen if i come to that person to my roommate and be like hey uh yesterday i said good morning to you and you didn't say good morning back so this is very similar to the nonviolent communication right mm. i observed this i did this and i observed that you didn't say uh, good morning back that's the story that i'm telling in my head is that you're mad at me because of that thing that i did a couple of days ago mm. Mm. Is it true? You know, so you end with that question, like, is it true? Or is it really just a story in my head? So then in that sense, you're again, you're giving, you're opening up the room, you're allowing the person to feel safe 
to communicate whatever it is that it's going on yeah um, which is very important right like creating a safe container for these mm. types of vulner vulnerabilities to happen um and so is it true <laughs> absolutely how, I think how scary is it to ask if it's true mm. it's so funny because i feel like at least i don't know in my personal experience 90 percent of the time it's not true and you're just acting weird <laughs> because this is your insecurities that are projected on the person but absolutely. it's always good to check on that and that's why i liked it when you said um even when it's awkward, like total honesty, even when it's awkward, because in this situation, maybe it's awkward because the person is going to react like, oh, no, I didn't say good morning because I was sleepy and I was making my coffee and I didn't even saw you. And I was thinking about something and you're like, ah, yeah. okay, so now they're going to see how crazy I am. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> what is, yeah. because we're going towards the end of the conversation, I wanted to end this on a Mm, maybe sharing a lesson from your personal life maybe one thing let's say that's an advice that you would give to the 14 your 14 year old self back in the past mm -hmm. what is one thing you would uh, tell her or teach her when it comes to communication and relationships mm. i will tell her to ask more questions mm. And that just comes from my fear of, of my insecurities of asking the wrong questions uh, <laughs> back then. And today I am known as the question asker. <laughs> mm. um, but, <laughs> and, and how it just feels so great to, to to ask questions because again, that comes from curiosity and, and it, and a lot of times my questions come deeply from curiosity of the human behavior. And so I'm mm. constantly asking, but, but why, but why? And what that, that is allowed, and it's, a lot of it is for me. I'm not, I'm, I'm, it's selfish because I am truly curious and I want to know like, why are you behaving this way? If you're behaving that way, that must mean that millions of other people behave that way. So that means that we, we have this insecurity or we have this fear or we have this and that. So that's fascinating to me. But what I found that's like when I ask questions, it also helps the other person a lot. Mm. And, and that is tied in with my mission of just creating a safe space for people to grow and growing by understanding themselves better. And when they understand themselves better and they name what they're going through and what they're feeling, they can be better humans to other humans. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I think I'm going to share my lesson too, because while you were answering, I was thinking, hmm, what would I say? And I remember how scared I was for sharing, maybe even ashamed. I was like, oh, why do I have this need to be sharing so much? Why do, and I believe it's so much, can I even say that? I don't know, but I do believe it's better than suppressing your emotions and suppressing how you feel and suppressing your needs and never be able to speak about them. Of course, a good balance between the two is good, mm -hmm. but I'm really thankful that I learned to share and that I learned to communicate. Um, and I would, yeah, just say to my 14 year old self to not be ashamed of that, but yeah. to give yourself a high five. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you go, girl. It's, it's all about fine-tuning, right? What comes natural to us. Mm, yeah. Mm. Where can people find you? Where can people work with you? How can they learn mm. more? Yeah, um, well, I have my website. It's nanamartins.com. Mm. Um, and my Instagram is curiously nana. <laughs> Speaking of curiosity, curiously nana. Um, and I do one-on-one sessions, uh, though this year I'm going to limit uh, the one-on-one sessions, but I still have some space for a couple mm. of inspiring clients. And my focus this year is co-creation and collaboration. And I am super excited to continue to do more podcasts like this. Thank you so much for inviting me. Sure. Um, I know you're also awesome. doing woman circles from time to time, at least from what I'm seeing. And yeah, I think I co-host the women's circle every month in Lisbon mm. and I want to do more workshops. I've, um, I've co-hosted a retreat on conscious communication in Portugal a couple months ago, and I'm looking forward to like collaborating with more people to do more of these this year. Beautiful. I'm really, really proud of you doing that and helping people communicate and share their truest self. And I'm really thankful that we were able to meet here and do a podcast catch up this time. Um, if anyone of you who's listening want to overcome anything that comes with communication, speaking your true self, speaking your needs, I think Nana is your person. So stick around her Instagram. She also dances from time to time. So I think oh, that's yes. great. <laughs> So, yeah, thank you so much for being here and I wish you a wonderful stay in Italy. Thank you, love. It was a pleasure. <laughs>